Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Who's ready for the Bible this morning? All right, why don't you grab your Bibles and turn with me, if you will, to 2 Kings chapter 6. And while you're turning there, I just want you to know how excited Pastor Amanda and I are about this brand new season we are stepping into together as a church. We are deeply, deeply humbled, and we are so very thankful for Pastors Monty and Kelly Sears. Can we just put our hands together and just show them honor and love? The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And uh, we are just so excited about this time, and we want to honor them. As a matter of fact, we are throwing a bit of a party to honor them and celebrate them, and that is going to crescendo at what we are calling the Legacy Dinner. And so we would love to invite you to join us for Legacy Night. It's going to be next week, the 22nd, which is a Saturday night. We're going to be hosting that at the Nampa Civic Center. And it is a registration event, and it is limited. So we want to encourage you to grab your tickets for that. You can get them on the church app, on the website, under events. But you'll want to snag those. The cost is very minimal, and it's going to be a really big night as we gather to honor Pastor Monty and Kelly and celebrate 15 years of ministry and all God has done through them at Christian Faith Center. How many say that sounds like a great idea? And so... Registration actually is over today, so you're going to want to get those tickets while you can, and we look forward to gathering with you. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6. I gave you a bunch of time to get there. You guys ready? All right, 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. We'll put these up on the screens for you as well. All right. I gave you a bunch of time to get there. Now i got to get there. All right. Those awkward moments. All right. 2 Kings chapter 6. Let's read from verse 8 together. The Bible says, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel. You know, Israel has been in a perpetual war for a long time. The Bible is clear we should pray for Israel. Israel is at war right now. And the Bible says that God will bless those who bless the people and the nation of Israel. The Bible says when the king of Israel of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, everybody say Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king, see, Elisha was the original CIA. Come on, somebody. He, he knew what was going on. Do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. And so the king of Israel would send word and, and uh, to the place indicated by the man of God. He got good intel. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be on alert there. Then the king of Aram became very upset. He called all of his officers together and he demanded, Which of you is a traitor? Who's telling our secrets to the other side? He said, Which of you is a traitor? 
who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? And they all said, it's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Now go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, this was Elisha's assistant, and he went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. And I want you to hear what Elisha said to his assistant. This is such a word, not only for him, but this is such a word for us to remember in challenging and difficult times when it looks like everything is against us, that the, that the odds are stacked not in our favor. Come on. And Elisha said this. He said, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes. Three of the most profound words out of everything we have just read this morning. I want you to say it. Open. Come on, say it. Open his eyes. Listen, and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots, not from the enemy, filled with horses and chariots of fire from heaven. Kind of reminds me of what the New Testament says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Would you pray with me? And let's pray together that God would open our eyes as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these next few moments that we get to share in the Word of God. Thank you for those that are gathered here today in person. Thank you for our online family as well, people that are gathering with us from really all over the nation. We pray blessing over their lives. I pray that the Word of God would do exactly what you send it to do. Build us up today through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to start a brand new series today called Same Church, New Season. Same Church, New Season. If I had to give today's message a title, I would call it Same You, New Vision. Same You, New Vision. And I want to talk to you today about the power of vision and perspective. This is something that I'm always dealing with, by the way. It's always in my face because I'm so stinking tall. I don't know if there's any other tall guys in the house, but we just see things a little bit different than everybody else. My wife is always quick to remind me. She says, hey, short people see things different than everybody else too. You're not that special. Come on. But tall people, come off. we're honest. We just, the elevated position, we think our perspective is just a little better than everybody's. But the reality is we just see things that other people don't see. Matter of fact, I used to make jokes about I'm kind of a neat freak. That's one of my 
um, oddities, I guess, is I just, I like things to be clean and right. Come on. I just believe things should get right. Come on, somebody. And, uh, but, but what, what, one of the things that I notice is I see the tops of people's refrigerators. <laughs> and I started making jokes about this years ago when I would preach it. I would notice that when I came over to people's houses or they would invite Amanda and I over, that they would either ask me, A, how's the top of my refrigerator? Or they would say, B, they would say, we just want you to know we cleaned the top of the refrigerator before you came over. And, uh, and I thought, guys, it's not like I'm judging you or anything, but I am looking. Um, but it's just, you know, I see things just a little bit different. There are times that my wife and I will be sitting out on our back porch and, and I'll be like, just look at that over there. Do you, do you see those birds or do you see that? She's like, honey, all I see is the fence. You're the only, you're the only one that sees anything over the top of that fence, you know. Again, it's tall guy problems. It's actually one of the things most often, especially with COVID and us really pushing the online presence of our church and launching our online campus out to uh, really the whole world, but specifically those that we're trying to reach. People always, when they come visit in person, this is what they say. They say, Pastor, you're so much taller in person than you are online. I thought, well, it's not hard to be taller than that. Come on. Nobody ever says I'm better looking in person than I was online. Nobody ever says more handsome, more funny, nothing, just taller. It is what it is. But perspective, right? My perspective, because, because I'm a little bit more elevated in stature, my perspective is a little different. And I thought about this. I thought, you know, the same is true about God. Because of his elevation, his perspective is different than ours. And I I found some passages I want to read together as a a church family today. Listen to Psalm 53, verse 2. It says that God, listen, listen. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. Don't you love that? That there's just one race to God. Every color, every tribe, every nation, there is just one human race to God. He looks down on all of us. Listen, He looks to see if anyone is truly wise. If anyone seeks God, He looks down from heaven. Isaiah chapter 18 verse 4. Listen to this. For the Lord has told me this. Listen, I will watch quietly from my dwelling place. As quietly as the heat rises on a summer day, or as the morning dew forms during the harvest, God quietly watches from His dwelling place. Job chapter 28, verse 24, it says, For He looks throughout the whole earth, now catch this, and He sees everything under the heavens. Under the heavens. I'm going to give you some mind-blowing revelation. You ready for this? God's perspective is different than your perspective. God sees things different than you see things. God doesn't see what you see. He sees what He sees. And that just happens to be everything. God looks down at the world with an unobstructed view. 
He is able to clearly see everything that is happening under the heavens. His vision is not obstructed. His view is not blocked. God sees everything that's going on. He hasn't missed a thing. He sees every tragedy. He sees every trial. He sees every person. He sees every problem. He sees every situation. God has not lost sight of you. God has not, you have not slipped his mind. He sees you. He sees your family. He sees your children. He sees your circumstances. He sees the wars raging around the world right now. He sees the plight of humanity. He sees the high. He sees the low. God has missed nothing. And I would submit to you, it's not God that needs to change his perspective. It is us that need to enlarge our vision. It is us that needs to change the way we see. God's vision is perfect. I don't know what God's vision is, but I have a feeling it's better than 2020. Come on, somebody. It's us that need to enlarge our vision. And here's the thing. There's nothing that can change your life quite like changing your perspective. I want to give you something to write down, and I'm going to land on some practical takeaways that I believe will help you, but I want to get something in your heart that God has been stirring in my heart as we open up this new series today. And I want you to write this down. First of all, I want you to write down God's provision. It needs your vision. God's provision, it needs your vision. In verses 16 and 17, it's so interesting that we see two people looking at the same thing, but they see two very different things. I remember I I grew up, any hunters in the house? If you're a vegan, I'm so sorry. Um, I I like God's critters. They're great with salt and pepper. Come on, somebody. I'm in trouble. Um, but you ever, you, ever, you ever had a buddy that just could see all, everything way better than you? Just like, did you see that? Do you see him? He's right there. No, I don't see it. You know? Vision is interesting. Two people can be looking at the same exact place at the same exact time with the same exact lighting, but see two very different things. Vision is odd. What you see oftentimes is determined by where you stand. Now listen, God doesn't always speak to me like this, but I was driving the other day and I was stuck in traffic, which is the norm now in Idaho. Come on, somebody. And I was driving down um, one of the main roads in Nampa here, and we were kind of stuck in traffic, and it was a multi-lane scenario. And this car in front of me got right into the turn lane, and right in front of me there was another car that had been there the whole time. But it wasn't until the car that was directly in front of me moved out of the way that I was able to see this other car. And on the license plate on this car, it just said 777. And it caught my eye. And again, I'm not one of those guys that sees God at every alarm clock or every whatever. But it was just like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment. And I felt like the Lord just told me this. So many times exactly what you need is within your reach. You just don't always see it. It was right there, 10 feet away from me. But I could not see it until what was in front of it moved 
out of the way. God just began to speak to me that sometimes as people, what we need is right there. And the reason you don't have it in your hands is because you don't see it with your eyes yet. And in this passage, there are two people in the same situation, Elisha and his assistant. Two people in the same place, looking at the same thing, but they're seeing two very different things. One person saw the help of heaven, and the other person could not see past the enemy's armies. And I thought, how many times in our own life is this true? How many times are the right people there, but you can't see them because the wrong people are in the way? How many times are the right opportunities right there in front of you, but you can't see them because you're holding on to the wrong opportunities? How many times are the right doors in front of you, but you can't see them because you're too busy knocking on the wrong door that hadn't opened up in five years that probably ain't going to open up, but right next to it is what God wants you to run through. But until you start looking just a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, come on, you start to see that life is a lot bigger. There's a lot more going on than just what you've honed onto. Maybe what you're looking at isn't all there is to see. Maybe there's a little bit more. Maybe God wants to tweak our perspective so that we can go a little bit farther, so that we can receive a little bit more of what God has for us. Many times God will not change your circumstances to change your life. Many times God will just change your perspective to change your life. So many times I've prayed, God, shift this thing out of my way. God, move this thing. God, deal with this situation. God, move this thing over here. God, you know, would you, would you do this or that or this or that? And what God does is just changes the way I'm looking at it. Maybe your spouse isn't the problem. Maybe it's just the way you've been looking at him or looking at her. Maybe your job isn't the problem. Maybe it's just the way you've been looking at it. Maybe that staff member isn't the issue. It's just the way you've been looking at it. Maybe that thing isn't an issue. It's just the way you've been looking at it. You've been looking at the problem. Perhaps there's more in the situation than the problem you've been looking at. You know, I believe this is true for churches and ministries. I'm so thankful for the great vision that Pastor Monty has carried in his heart. As long as I've known him, he's had a vision to plant seven Christian faith center churches. And we've been running alongside each other for a long time. And guess what? We have seven CFC campuses reaching people, flourishing, seeing the gospel being preached. But when he got here, there was one church, 300 people, one service. It didn't look anything like, but God helped him to see farther in order to go farther. And guess what? As we step into a new season, God's going to help us as a church to lift up our eyes, to see farther. Because guess what? Our greatest days are not in our past. Our greatest days are in our future. God is taking us into a new season together. And it's going to require us to lift up our eyes and see farther so that we can go farther. You can go as far as you can see in the kingdom of God. It's a great principle. In life, you'll go as far. This isn't just ministries or churches. This is your individual life. You'll only go as far as you can see. God will help you as an individual to see bigger so that you can go higher. So many times we live at one level only because we can't see past it. 
You make relationships on one level only because you can't see past that level. You make decisions on this level. You, you do things at this level only because you can't see farther. God will oftentimes change the way you look at the world in order to help you go farther in life. It's just a reality. The problem is not your place. The problem is not your circumstances. So many times the problem is our perspective. I got thinking about Abraham in the Old Testament. We don't have time to get into the whole story, but I'll paint you a little picture. Abraham, the father of our faith, right? God stirs his heart and calls him to be the father of many nations and gives him this promise that his, his offspring will be as numerous, you know, as the sands on the seashore and gives him this big promise. You'll be the father of many nations, the father of faith, all of this. And here's Abraham, no kids. And he's sitting in his tent. And he's having a pity party. And he's, and he's just boohooing on God. You ever had those moments where you're just like, I hate everything. I know none of you have ever done that because you're way more spiritual than me. But I've had those moments where I'm pity partying a little bit with God. And Abram's in the, in the Bible and he's going, God! And God speaks to him and he's like, I'm going to bless you, prosper you. How I many of you get a word like that from God? It would cheer me up. He's so in the dumps. He's like, I don't even care. This is what he says. He says, what does it even matter, God? Who am I going to give it to? You bless me. Who am I? I got no kids. A servant in my house is going to inherit all my wealth. Who even cares if you give me more? Now, God had already told him that he was going to give him descendants. But again circumstances in life have a way of diminishing our vision even when God told us something bigger. Some of you, God spoke to you when you were younger, but your circumstances have actually diminished your vision. You've allowed your circumstances to dictate what you see instead of faith and the Word of God to dictate what you see in life. And if that's you, this is not a place of condemnation. If anything, God's going to do corrective vision surgery on you today and help restore your vision so that what you see is what God promised, not just what the world has led you to believe. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There is more for you than there is against you. And if this world has diminished your vision, God wants you to lift up your eyes and tell what you see is what he promised over your life from the very beginning. And I love this because God actually, the Bible just said he takes him out. Now, I don't know what that means. My dad's took me out of the house pouting a few times when I was growing up too. So I don't know. We know he gave Abram a little bit of an attitude adjustment though, right? It just says he brought him out of the tent. And he says, lift up your eyes, Abram. Look at the sky. Count the stars if you can count them. This is how numerous your descendants will be. And the Bible says he believed God. And God counted it as righteousness in his life. A lot of times you think you've got to go back and fix the past. If you'll just believe God from today going forward, God will credit you with righteousness and move you into a brand new season. You don't got to go back and fix all the times you thought too small. Just begin believing God today and move into your future in God. The Bible says he brought him out. We see the same thing with Elisha. I don't know. Elisha was probably still having his coffee or whatever. And here's, here's this army approaching, probably sends the servant out. And I just picture the servant going out jaw dropping, you know, like, oh no, we're toast. Um, 
And we see this thing happen. He starts freaking out, you know. And Elisha comes out and just simply gives a perspective adjustment. See, God provided protection and provision. He just didn't see it. God didn't have to take him into a new time. God didn't have to take him into a new place. God took him into a new perspective. See, I need you to catch this. The reason some people seem to have more of God in their life is not that God is closer to them or loves them more. It's just that they see more of God in their life. God is just as... Listen, the chariots of fire were just as close to the assistant as they were to Elisha. The only difference between the two is what they saw. Perhaps God is just as close to you as He is the person that you look at in the spiritual and say, I wish I was like them. I wish God was doing in my life what He's doing in their life. Friends, God's presence permeates the whole earth. Jesus promises that He would never leave us, never forsake us, that He'd be with us always, even to the ends of the age. Perhaps the problem is not the proximity. Perhaps it's just your perspective. God is everywhere. Do you see Him? His power permeates the earth. Do you see it? I love the prophet in the Old Testament. He says, Behold, I do a new thing. Do you perceive it? It's not about, is God doing it? Or is God there? Or God, where are you? It's more, God, help me to see what you're doing around me. See, what if the blessing you see in other people's life isn't any closer to them than it is to you? What if the power that you see working in other people's lives isn't any closer to them than it is to you? Maybe you see God set somebody else free. Maybe you've seen God heal someone else's body. Maybe you've seen God bring someone else's kids home. And you say, God, where are you in my life? Perhaps it's just we need to see what God is doing around us. Because God is moving everywhere all the time. This will help you in your walk with God. Are you ready? What do you do when you can't see it? I want to give you just a few things today that I believe are going to help you. What do you do when you can't see? What do you do when you find yourself in the place of Elisha's assistant? Instead of having the vision of Elisha. And I found that, at least in my own life, there will be seasons where... I seem to be able to see everything that God is doing and it's very apparent to me and there are seasons when I resonate a lot more with the assistant than I do with Elijah in this passage. (laughs) And there are times when I'm looking around and all I see is problems and all I see is trouble and all I see is the, the attack that's approaching or the pressures that are mounting up against me and I myself need a perspective adjustment. And maybe you're here today and you, you have a great beat on what God is doing and you can see the power of God at work in your life. Or maybe you're here today and it just seems like darkness has surrounded you, that the forces of hell have mounted themselves against the nation, against the state that we live in, maybe against your family or even your own life personally. What do you do when you can't see what God is doing? I want to give you a few things. Number one, you pray. I want you to write that down. You pray. Second Kings six sixteen. It says Elisha prayed. He prayed. Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. See, prayer moves my perspective. Prayer helps me to see from a God 
perspective. It helps give me a new perspective on my situation. Listen, when you pray, you should always expect one of two different things to happen. And you should have this confidence when you come into a place of prayer. You should not just expect to pray and it go out into the cosmos. You have a God that hears you. You have a God that listens. You have a God that sees. And He delights in responding to you. Many times I feel like we just think God didn't answer because He didn't give us what we were asking Him for. He gave us what we actually needed and we missed it. But I think you should, you should expect one of two things every time. First of all, you should either expect your mountain to move. Jesus said, if you have even just a little bit of faith, you can say to this mountain, move from here over here, and it will be moved for you. It will be moved. You should pray, God, shift my circumstance. Change this scenario. Work on my behalf. The Bible says the angels of God literally are here to assist the people of God in the plan of God. Ask for supernatural help in your life. Ask that God would move things and move on your behalf and do the things that are going on in your life. Ask and you shall receive, Jesus taught, that your joy will be full. Pray. But listen, if your circumstances don't change, your perspective will. There are many times where my circumstances have not changed. But I left a time of prayer looking at my circumstances totally different than they were before. And what I didn't realize is I was asking God to move a mountain and it was only a molehill the whole time. Because prayer changed my posture. It may, prayer changes your posture. Ch- prayer will, will humble you in the natural, but it will elevate you in the spiritual. It will humble you in the natural, but it will lift you up in the spiritual realm. Prayer will help you to see your circumstances so much different. Even this morning, I was walking in our North Auditorium, which by the way, our Spanish church is blowing up right now. There are two services. They are our second biggest campus right now outside of our main campus. Isn't that amazing? Biggest they've ever been in our history. They are doing such an amazing job. Now I'm praying over them, praying in tongues, hoping maybe it's Spanish. Come on. And, uh, and just praying and not even really thinking about another thing I've been praying about for about a week. And all of a sudden I'm walking out of there and I felt like God just dropped a thought in my mind that totally changed the whole paradigm of what I was trying to navigate through on the other side. And it was just like, oh gosh, I never thought about that. That's brilliant, Lord. Thank you that you're so much smarter than I am. And I walked out of there and I'm going, oh man, what happened? Perspective change. Nothing changed. My circumstances didn't change. Things I'm navigating through didn't change. Issue I was dealing with didn't change. One perspective shift can change your life. One perspective shift can change your situation. Some of you don't need your whole world to shift. Your mountain is actually just a molehill and God's waiting for you to come into a posture of prayer so that he can take you to an elevated position. And what you will find is what you're battling isn't as big as you thought it was. It didn't even need the supernatural uh, intervention of God. It just needed you to stand in the authority that Jesus Christ has given you as a child of God and just step over that thing that looked impossible but with with a God perspective it's a small thing God will give you wisdom business owners God will give you wisdom 
Husbands, wives, God will give you wisdom. Moms, dads, God will give you wisdom. He'll help you to see from another perspective and it'll change the way you even feel about the situation. I love Philippians 4, 6 and 7. The Apostle Paul writes, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. If you'll just channel your worry into prayer, it'll transform your life. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Jesus. This will help you in your prayer life. Are you ready? I want to give you something. Instead of asking God to do something when you're struggling, ask God to show you what He's already doing about it. This will change your prayer life. I have learned that God always beats me to the punch. God always beats me to the punch. He doesn't really need me that much. Prayer is more for me than it is for Him. He's already doing stuff. What I love about this scenario is Elisha didn't have to go, Oh God of heaven, deliver us from this. I don't know if you knew this or not, God, but last night while you were sleeping... The enemy's armies have encircled us, and I'm your guy, remember? I'm your servant. Elisha just came out and he goes, ha! We're good. I can see the assistant, he's like, What? You mean we're dead, right? And Elisha's like, Nah. There's so much more for us than against us. Because Elisha already saw what God was doing. God wasn't scrambling. God is proactive. His power is already present to deliver you. Just ask Him to see it. He's already at work in the lives of your kids. Just ask Him to see what He's doing. And then it'll bring you confidence. Number two, got to hurry. When the keyboard comes on, it's subtle. They're saying, hurry up. Number two, I want you to write this down. So prayer, number two is people. People are so important. I love this, 2 Kings 6.17. Then Elisha prayed. Now, this would have been easier for us if it just would have said, and then the Lord spoke from heaven. Servant of Elisha, I'm going to open your eyes now. See, what I've learned is that we get our forgiveness and mercy and grace from God. You don't have to go to another person to get forgiven by God. There's one mediator between God and man. That is the God-man, Jesus Christ. You go directly to Him to get salvation. Directly to Him to get right with God. But almost everything else, you get it through the body of Christ. You get forgiven by God, you get healed through people. You get forgiven by God, you get adjustments through people. You get forgiven by God, you get touched through people. And it's God working in and through people. But God is committed not just to your vertical relationships. He needs us to have horizontal ones too. We are a part of the body of Christ. Notice it wasn't God Himself. It was Elisha that shifted his perspective. What I've learned is the wrong people will help you see wrong. But the right people will help you see right. And when I say people, I'm not just talking about your best friends. I'm talking about the voices you're listening to as well. Can I just say, church, put my pastor hat on for a second. Be very careful what you watch right now. Be very careful what you're pumping your minds full of. Be very careful what you're locking your attention onto. Because what can get your attention can get your mind. And what can get your mind can get your life. 
And there is not a single agenda out there that perfectly aligns with the purpose of God. So make sure Jesus is getting more of your attention than your favorite news channel. Make sure Jesus is getting more attention than your favorite friend who has an opinion. God has the perfect perspective in Him alone. So make sure God's getting your focus first and foremost because people are shifting us one way or another. And here's another reality. The right people are rarely found in the wrong places. It's so important. A lot of people got disconnected from the local church in this season. I recently read a a statistic that said 20% of all church people, all Christians, regular people that were engaged have left church completely. Completely. They no longer worship together. They no longer fellowship with other people. This is dangerous because the right people are found in the right places. We've got to make sure we've got people around us that love Jesus. We've got to make sure, listen, if God didn't need us to have physical connection, we would just be spirit people. But we are spirits that have a body. Come on, somebody. There is a physical connection that's necessary. It's called relationship. This is why we don't just do Sunday gatherings where you're catching a word and an impartation, but we do small groups where you can connect with other people. You've got to be in relationship with other people, other believers that are shifting you, helping you, encouraging you. And there's somebody that's got to be able to make you chicken soup when you're sick. There's somebody that's got to be able to give you a word of encouragement that actually knows what you're going through. In isolation, we are vulnerable, but together we are strong. This is why we launch small groups. And if you don't have a group, start one. We're launching groups in like four weeks. Get online, fill out a group leader application or get with Pastor Dan yourself after service and tell him, I want to start a group. What does it take to have a group? It takes friends. That's it. Invite your friends. Go do the things you already do, but do it together. Why? Because we need people in our life. The right people will make all the difference. Sometimes I have people come to me and they're like, Pastor, I come to church, but I don't have any friends here. And I'm like, well, get in a group. I don't like the groups. I'm like, then make your own. You want to have friends in church? Bring your friends to church. Come on. We got an awesome church. Pastor's a little crazy, but the church is awesome. Just just bring them with you. Because the right people, sometimes, even if they're not the right people, if you just get them in the right place, they can become the right people. Come on. Just, Just get them here. Get them in the presence of God. This young man was tied to a man of God and it made all the difference in his life. I'm telling you, being tied to a man of God has made all the difference in my life. Being tied to the right people has helped me see the right things. My final one, I'm going to get you out of here. And it's such a big one. When you can't see, pray, people, but faith is so important. And this is what I've learned. I've learned And I want to share something about faith. Faith is a gift from God, but it's also a choice. It's a choice. One of the things that I declare almost every day over my own life, I wake up and you might think this is weird, but I grab things right out of the scripture and declare them over my life. And this is one thing I say, today I choose to be a believer, not an unbeliever. Unbelief will create mountains, but faith will move them. I don't want to make mountains. I want to move mountains. I don't want to make obstacles. I want to move obstacles out of my way. And more importantly, I want to move them out of God's way so His will can be done in and through my life. You can choose to be a believer today. 
You can choose to face your circumstance in faith. You can choose to believe God. You can choose to not let fear dominate your perspective. You can choose to let faith rise up inside of you. You can stop and say, Well, I've got two choices. I can believe God or I can freak out. And I'm just telling you, you'll see more miracles happen. You'll see more moments come to pass. You'll make more memories with God. If you'll choose to be a believer and not an unbeliever, you are not at the mercy of your circumstances. You've got the God of the universe living inside of you. And He wants you to see through the lens of faith. Faith moves mountains. Declare it over your life. I choose faith in this circumstance. See, faith will give you two sets of eyes. And as we pray, I want our prayer team to come forward and just line up in front. And as we get ready to conclude today, we're going to have an opportunity to receive prayer before you leave. But listen, faith will give you two sets of eyes. It'll help you to see not just your circumstance, but it'll help you to see what God is doing as well. It's not faith to ignore your problem. There's been so many abuses in the church. Well, I don't really have a sickness. If, if you got cancer, you got cancer. Denying it doesn't make it go away. But faith can move mountains. If there's a problem in your marriage, it doesn't do you any good to go, Honey, listen, listen, I'm just, I want to be a faith person. There's nothing wrong with us. That's not faith. She'll look you right back and go, There's something wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like, it'll give you two sets of eyes. Faith will help you to see the problem you're dealing with. But it'll help you to see that God is greater than the problem you're dealing with. You are not at the mercy of your problem. It was not faith to say, there's not really an army out there of Armenians. But faith said, greater is for us than against us. And because he had two sets of eyes, he was able to see the problem, but he was able to see God's solution as well. And I'm just asking God and believing God today, not that you wouldn't see the problems in your life. You need to see the problems in your life. You need to have a clear objective perspective of what's going on in your life. But you need to see that greater is He who is in you than He who is in the world. That there is more for you than against you. That God is the God of miracles and you are not at the mercy of your circumstances. I believe today that God is going to shift your season by changing your perspective. Some of you came in broken, unable to see past what you're going through, but God is going to help you to see that there's a miracle on the horizon. There's an answer from heaven that's coming your way. Somebody's watching online and all you can see is the problem in your relationship, but God's helping you to see there is a solution on the other side. Don't give up. God's help is coming to your marriage. God has a a solution for every problem. Don't you see it? He's moving in your life. He's close. It's not a proximity issue. It's a perspective issue. And guess what? All of the things that bring change are things you can do. You can pray. You can get the right people. You can believe God. I want you to bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Father, all across this room right now, I just... I pray the touch of heaven over your people. I pray that if any is far from you today, that they would reach out to you in faith right now in the name of Jesus and just put their faith in you. 
you're not where you need to be with Jesus, just tell him right now. Reach out with your faith muscle and just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God. Just ask him to save you and cleanse you and and restore your life. His Holy Spirit will come into your life. He will make his home in you. And he will begin the process of making all things new in you. If you're watching online and you need to put your trust in Jesus, just type into the chat. Just say, that's me. That's me. Or put some prayer hands in there and we'll connect with you. But you can can receive Christ today by choosing to be a believer in Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you just say, Pastor Jordan, I'm, I'm, I'm facing a circumstance and a situation. I just need help. I just need help. I, I just need to shift something. What I see is dominated by the problems that are stacked against me. And I just need to see through God's lens. I need to change my perspective today. I've got good news for you. God is perfectly capable. And more than that, he's willing of shifting your perspective. And I believe that before you leave here today, you can leave with a change of perspective through the touch of God. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over your people. There's some people in this room that need to come and receive prayer from somebody today. And I pray that they would do that. They don't have the right people speaking the right thing into their life. They need that. Some of us just need to believe and you're going to shift it. You're going to give us a new perspective. But I just pray that today we would all step into a new season, a season of overcoming, a season of vision, a season of faith, not even because you're changing our circumstance, but just because you're changing our perspective. So shift what we see until it looks like what you see. Help us to be believers and not unbelievers. And I ask for this in the mighty, unmatchable name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said, amen. Amen.